words to leaders. And we're looking at three letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. These letters were sent by Paul, the Apostle Paul, to two leaders, Timothy and Titus, who were both leading churches in the early days of Christianity. So why are we looking at these letters to leaders? Well, what we have to realize is that as Christians, we are all leaders in some way. If we claim the name Christian and follow Christ and his ways, then we are leaders. We are Christian leaders. We are called to be Christ representatives in the world, his ambassadors. And so that makes us leaders. Some of you might say, well, you know, Alan, I don't have a title or anything. I don't have a title in this church. Um, I'm, I'm not a boss. I'm, I'm not a supervisor. I'm not an owner of a business. I'm a student, but I don't have like a title at school or anything. I, I'm not a leader. If you call yourself a Christian, then you have all the title you need in order to be a leader. Then some of you will say, Alan, yeah, I don't really have any leadership skills. I don't, like, I don't speak very well. Um, I'm not very assertive. I'm not an out there kind of person. Um, I can't be a leader. Well, there is more than one way to be a leader. And as Christians, the number one way we can lead and lead others to Christ is by living in a way that resembles and represents Christ. A lot of times, that doesn't mean getting in front of a large group of people and giving big speeches or, or big sermons. It just simply means living each day in a way that honors and pleases God. And trust me, people will see that. And who knows, you may lead somebody to Christ. So we're looking at these letters to leaders. And when Paul wrote these letters, he was specifically writing to leaders of a church. He wanted to equip them with sound doctrine and sound theology, because as we talked about before, good theology matters. What we believe about God affects how we live out our lives. So we want to have good, sound theology. And so that's one reason Paul wrote these letters. Paul also wrote these letters because he wanted to equip these leaders to equip other leaders. Today, more than any other in this series, we're going to look at the qualifications of church leaders. We're going to look at the qualification of what it means to be a church leader. But even while we do that, we recognize that whether or not we hold an official leadership position in this church, we can gain insight about Christian leadership from today's verses. While today's passage deals directly with church leaders, everything that is taught can be applied to us even if we hold no official position in the church. So in our passage, Paul's writing to Timothy. And Paul's explaining and detailing the qualifications uh, for two leadership positions in the church. Overseer, or sometimes it's called bishop. Overseer, bishop, and then deacon. The overseer was a leader with a, a bird's eye view of the church uh, and would oversee the body as a whole. Today's version, uh, you, you might consider the pastor to be that. Uh, in our denomination, you could use that as, you could call that the district superintendent, or you could, uh, it could be referring to our bishop in our conference who oversees uh, the entire conference. The other position is deacon, literally means servant. 
like a person who waits a table. Deacons tend to be tend uh, deacons tend to the needs of a congregation. Think of Acts six when uh, certain men were chosen to serve the widows uh, in the early church who were being overlooked. Those those would be deacons. With each of these positions, Paul mentions and stresses certain characteristics of each. For overseer, Paul writes. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Similarly, Paul writes for a deacon, in the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. I don't know about some of you, and some of you that are official leaders in uh, our church. When I look at that list, and I honestly look at that list, I kind of just want to take out a resignation letter and say, hey, I quit. Because that's a lot. Holy cow, the bar is high for church leadership. There is no easing into this. You either meet the standard or you don't. And here's what Paul is really saying. He's saying that conviction matters. As leaders, we are called to believe and live out Christian conviction. And this certainly applies to church leaders. If we claim the name Christian, which means little Christ, then we need to act like it. We need to act like Christ. We need to be above reproach in all that we do and worthy of respect. And that's not something that happens overnight. You have to earn people's respect by doing what you say you will do and also by not doing what you said you won't do. I hope that wasn't a neg- double negative, but if it is, I'm sorry, English teachers. But by doing what we say we're going to do, and if you say you're not going to do something, don't do it. We need to be faithful to our spouses. For me, that's a duh, but I mean, maybe we need to hear that. As leaders, we need to be faithful to our spouses. We need to have the conviction to be temperate and self-controlled, not easily angered. Think about 1 Corinthians that I heard yesterday at the wedding. Love is not easily angered. We need to be temperate and self-controlled. We need to be respectable and hospitable. Man, I think our whole culture and our whole world needs to hear that. Needs a lesson on showing respect and, 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 and being hospitable toward our fellow human beings. Leaders aren't supposed to be drunk, but in everything, moderation, right? Again, that goes back to having self-control. And leaders shouldn't be lovers of money or pursue dishonest gain. Leaders realize that money is not everything, but honesty is. Sincerity is. Paul's wanting Timothy to know that, to know these things so that those in church leadership know that our conviction matters. 
it's not just important for us to believe and to know what is right, but it's also important for us to live out what we believe, to live what is right. We have to believe what the scriptures tell us so much that we are willing to live it out day by day. It's not good enough to just have right belief. We must live out those beliefs. Then Paul has another set of qualifications for church leaders. An overseer must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of respect. Then he kind of has this uh, parentheses. If anyone does not know how to manage his family, how can he take care of God's church? Also for a deacon, Paul writes, a deacon must manage his children and his household well. All right, let's just be honest and shoot straight together, all right? This right here is where I go, I quit. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow! The bar is so high. The standard is so high. If anyone does not know how to manage his family, how can he take care of God's church? Ugh. Oh, I don't know about any of you, any of you other parents, but I think Chris and I are always thinking to ourselves, man, we fail all the time. We struggle. We are failing. We're always talking about how we could have done this better or handled this better. And, you know, I mean, it's like parenting's the really the, the one big job on this earth where you are learning as you go. A little insight for kids there, sorry. We are learning while we go. And you hope you can just, I mean, listen, a successful day is that all your kids' limbs are still attached. I mean, if so, that's a win. I mean, some days it just feels like that. I mean, can I get an amen? I mean, like, I mean, like, okay. Just, uh, yeah, we, Exactly. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm not here by myself. I mean, I am, but, you know. Yeah, thank you. I need that wisdom. So how in the world, how in the world can I feel like such a failure as a parent and still get up here in front of you on Sunday morning and lead? Well, part of it is the realization that Paul is not equating managing your family and household to having a perfect family and perfect children. Hear that again. Paul is not equating managing your family and household to having a perfect family and perfect children. What Paul is wanting us all to see and to know as Christian leaders and as leaders in the church is the home is our first place of discipleship. The emphasis is that leaders first disciple in their homes before taking the charge of discipling other people. You hear me? That our first responsibility as parents and as, as, as uh, moms and dads, husbands and wives, our first place, our first responsibility of making disciples is at the home. And we need to get that in order before we take charge of discipling others. 
The home is where we first tell our spouses and our children about the love of Christ. The home is where we raise our children in the faith. The home is where leaders are called to lead first. Then they are to go and lead the church and the world. So in regards to this idea of leaders managing the home and leading at home, I want to say two things. And the Lord put this on my heart and I told him not to, but he did. And it's my hope and it's my prayer. These words are words of healing and words that will give you hope and maybe offer you comfort. If you have adult children who have wandered from the faith, you have to realize that you are not responsible. Now, I'm going to, I've already bookmarked this sermon, and uh, I'm going to save this sermon for myself and these words when these, my kids are grown and out of the home. Hopefully, I won't need them. So, what I'm telling you is that I recognize it's easier for me to say this now than maybe later. But our job as parents is to do the best job we can in terms of raising our children in the faith while we have them. As leaders, as as parents, that's our main job. But once they leave our roof, they go off on their own, they must develop their own faith. If they leave the faith, or if they're making poor decisions, they are the ones that are doing it. Not you. And that does not reflect on you as a parent or as a leader. Again, our job is to do everything we can to raise them up in righteousness. And then once they leave, they've got to do the rest. I'm reminded of a, of a family that was in my last appointment. When I first got there, I was trying to start small groups. And we had a, a, men's, uh, a guy's Bible study. I won't say men because they were some, some teenagers, although they probably thought they were men. But um, some, some guy, a guy's Bible study that was meeting, and it was a meeting at a family's home. They had three children, um, two older boys and a younger, um, a younger daughter. Godly parents, amazing parents. Um, we were in the middle of this Bible study. Their oldest son had come back home. He had tried to go out to California and go to film school and, 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 and make a career out of that and, and ended up having to come back home and he was joining our Bible study, and I'll never forget it. We were in the Bible study. I don't know what we were studying. I, I forgot that, but um, I don't know what we were studying, but we were discussing it, and he just said openly and honestly, guys, I don't know if I believe all this. I don't know if I believe all this. You know, and we tried, we taught, we taught, and we, you know, but he ended up making steps further and further away from Christ. And I know it broke these parents' hearts, and you know what the only thing they could do? was pray. Keep praying and keep supporting and keep praying. He tried to do film. And I know recently he just got married and he's using his film talents now in the church. Using his talents in the church. He's come full circle. Um, he's married. All three of their children are married to godly uh, men and women. You know, it gets to a point where it's not our choice to make. It's their choice. And so, again, I'm going to footnote this sermon uh, in my file for me later. My second word of advice, of advice is this, and it's about divorce. To both of the leaders in our passage, Paul says to be faithful 
to your wife. I would tweak that to be faithful to your, to your spouse. And I know that divorce is a touchy subject, and yet it's becoming more and more common and accepted in our culture. And I can say confidently that divorce is never God's will or design. Marriage is supposed to be a reflection of our relationship with Christ. Christ is the groom, the church, his church, we, the church, are to be his bride. But sometimes divorce happens. And all divorce is not made equal. And while it takes two to make a relationship, sometimes the actions of one cause the relationship to be unreconcilable. And here's what I want you to hear, especially if you've been through a divorce. God loves you. And where forgiveness is needed, forgiveness is granted. And at least in our denomination, divorce is, does not automatically disqualify you from leadership. Divorce is not the end. God is able to use it all, all of our life, the ups, the downs, the mountains, the valleys, everything in between, if we let him. What Satan intends for evil, God will use for his glory and his good. So why the stress of holy standards on church leadership? Aren't all Christians supposed to live the same standards that some of these leaders uh, should have? The answer is yes, absolutely. All Christians are to be holy and grow in Christ and reflect many of the standards that Paul describes for overseers and deacons. However, even though Christians have a universal call to holiness, we all have a call to live holy lives. There are specific and important roles in the church that have to be addressed. Leaders in the church shepherd God's people and, and teach and counsel and lead God's church in the world. They should embody the most important aspects of Christian character and life. While all Christians are to be holy and reflect Christ, church leaders must truly walk the walk. N.T. Wright says, the reason they, church leaders, must keep to those standards is because this is what God longs to see all his children be like. The reason church leaders must keep to these standards is because this is what God longs to see all his children like. Church leaders are role models. They're supposed to be role models. Role models for how we should all be in Christ. Listen, I know a lot of you here have had multiple positions of official leadership in the church over the years. And I thank you for your service. This church is where it is today because of you. I also know we've got some new folks, some new faces, and they're going to make great leaders. Whenever you're in doubt on what it makes to be a good leader, head over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Paul's laid it out for us all to see. And if you want to serve this church by being in official leadership position, then let your life reflect these verses. And it'll be shown. We'll see. I thank God for my opportunity to lead and to serve you each and every day.
I don't take it lightly at all. It is truly a holy, holy privilege. May we all, whether officially leaders or not, have the conviction to live a life that reflects Christ out in the world. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the standard, the holy standard that you have set for what it means to be a, a leader inside the church. Lord, you set those standards not to say, hey, these guys are better than everybody else, but you set the standard so that others may see them and may know how we are called to live out in this world. Father, may we all aspire to live this way. Lord, even, even though we read and we see how difficult and how difficult it is, Father, we pray that we would strive for that standard. Lord, we pray that you would pick us up when we fail and help us try again. That we keep, keep seeking a holy life. Father, we pray for your guidance. We pray for your strength. We can't do this by ourselves. We need each other and we need you. Father, I thank you for the holy church leaders who have gone through this church, who are still here today. Father, may we reflect Christ into the world so that others may be led to him. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.